living room combos may not be suitable for younger listeners. In addition to a language advisory, this podcast contains themes that may be sensitive or triggering to our audience. Listener discretion is advised. Happy Friday, good people. Welcome to another episode of Cutting Room Convos. I'm Yasmin, and when I was 12, I used to scare the heck out of people by crawling like Kayako Saiki. <laughs> My name is Jenny, and if I had seen you do that, I would have probably cried in a corner. <laughs> you know, I scared a guy like from the football team once in high school. He was like shuffling back so fast. It was great. Did you have the long hair back then too? I did. Nice. <laughs> um, so, the movie that we're going to be talking about today is... The Cabin in the Woods. Cabin uh, in the Woods. Yeah, the movie about the Cabin in the Woods. Oh. That came out in <laughs> 2012, directed by Drew Goddard. And for those who don't know, well, it starts out with college kids going on a weekend trip to a cabin that's owned by the cousin of one of the kids. Is the Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, it's the Cabin in the Woods. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a little twist to uh, this little woodsy story it's about a uh well they didn't say what it was was it i just said governmental command center this basically a bunch of nerds sitting behind computers yeah who apparently use like a shit ton of different species of monsters from the ancients which is still very vague to kill the cabin dwellers um, so from what I kind of got from that was they had killed many college kids going to this particular cabin before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they got that idea with the guy's cousin owning the place or whatever. Yeah, but... it was really weird how it started out like, by the way, we're going to this cabin, like my cousin's cabin. But then you find out that it was all set up. Like they really were like skimmed over how it was set up right like did the cousins set him up or something they know to get how many people were there six uh at least five i think the college kids how many college kids it was it was two girls three guys oh okay yeah yeah it was five um yeah how did they know (laughs) to get exactly five in the friend group like is there one of each in every friend group seriously yeah these uh Command center people, they basically have to uh, complete a ritual that basically just saves the world from ending. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so far-fetched, but I mean, as you watch the movie further down the line, you get to learn like how it's kind of a big deal, I guess. Um, but first, I want to know what your first thoughts were about this movie, because mm. I... I only saw the poster of it. Yeah. Like, before ever seeing this movie. Same. And I thought it was going to be, like, maybe a haunted cabin instead of a slasher cabin camp movie or something. I mean, it could have been if they had summoned something different, right? Right. Well, yeah. And so, it was, okay. Hmm. <laughs> it was really fast moving. Like, it was just, like, once they all started dying, they all started dying. Like, it, literally one right after the other. It was so fast. It was really fast. And then after we finished the movie, I saw the length of time, like how long the movie was. It's the length of a Disney movie. Like <laughs> oh, a Disney like, classic. Oh, what is that, like 120 minutes? Uh, oh, 90 uh, minutes, right? 90 minutes. <gasps> oh this, my gosh. Like the shortest, like scary movie I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, things did move very fast. Also like a Disney movie, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> but I think it should have been, like, okay, I know it's, like, really out there, and they really didn't explain a lot of things, and the ending, we didn't like it. And Jared watched this with us, and yes. he said he didn't like it. Mm. And, and justifiably so. It was really weird, vague ending. Yeah. Like the world ended or something, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think it would have been it would have been better if they had more time to explain all these, like, questions that we were left with if it was a series yeah that would have been drawn out a lot better i think yeah some more character development yes absolutely because they just look like five party animal college kids yeah pretty much yeah i saw how they were trying to do the fake 
paranormal thing just mm -hmm. to kind of scare the kids, make one of them say that Latin chance to wake up some zombies mm -hmm. and some shit. And it's like, oh, okay. So I'm guessing that's like some scientific passcode or something to wake up one of the monsters or... I, I don't know. Again. No, I think that's I, what it was. Like, because they were all sent to the basement, and then there was a bunch of different trinkets, like a shit ton. Yeah. And, like, whatever they summoned first. So, like, I think it slow mode on the lady putting on the necklace. Jules was going to put on the necklace. I think oh, by man. putting it on, she would have summoned someone. And the guy picked up the puzzle piece, and by solving the puzzle, he would have summoned someone. So, like, oh, each one of those was, like... Like a sort of token? Yeah, I don't know the right word for it, but basically... For yeah. for what they were summoning, kind of thing. Oh, the, the conch, like all he had to do was blow it, like. <laughs> so then, like he when to see Merman. <laughs> so when Dana had that uh, that diary, that was, I guess, a token, quote unquote. Yeah, itself. I'm probably reading the Latin is the, what summoned the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah. So I did not expect it to be a total monster movie mm -hmm. at all. And I, I like the concept. It's a nice twist. Yeah. But they they could have done it better. Like maybe, like you said, taking their time with it, and yeah, it it, it would have been better that way. I think it was, um, it was very 2012. Yes. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. It just feels 2012. It's like, like <laughs> part partly because of the end of the world. Yeah. Partly because. Oh my god, 2012. Yeah, partly because it was like a bunch of woodsy things and then partly because of the squares that they go into at the end of the movie, like those cubicle things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason that gives me 2020, yeah, 2012 vibes. It kind of does, yeah. That, that weird apocalyptic. Like Metallic-y, chrome -y. Futuristic, wow. Futuristic, yes. That's the exact word I was thinking. And like, it's kind of like how... People got into the whole vampire craze in, like, what, 2009 or something? And, like, everyone did, like, a vampire-themed music video or oh, yeah. vampire-themed TV show or... You hear that, Ed Sheeran? It's old. Stop it. <laughs> oh, God. That was 10 years ago, man. Like, <laughs> no, um, probably more than that. <laughs> but, I mean, it probably seemed like a good movie for its time. Yeah. At the time. But it... Looking back on it now, it's, uh, watch it once, yeah. never again. Eh, yeah. <laughs> there was lots of faces that we, we recognize. Are we going to talk about the characters individually, or can I mention them? Uh, I don't think we talk about them individually. No, but we can mention them. Thor. Thor's in it. <laughs> Who has the exact same personality as Thor, where he's like this muscly <sighs> jock dude, yeah. kind of an airhead, but also <sighs> really smart, secretly. And that's exactly what Thor was, too, in, in uh, the later Avenger movies. Oh, okay, yeah. He really showed how, how smart he was. Yeah. No, yeah, there was Thor. I, I forgot the name of the guy he played. Oh, Sorry to say. Probably Kurt. Kurt. Duh. And then the guy, the guy Holden, right? Yeah. Played by Jesse Williams, who is from Grey's Anatomy, who I recognized immediately. Mm-hmm. He, um... Dr. Avery, right? Shoot. Oh, no. I think I'm right. <laughs> it's been a minute. I haven't seen the most recent season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyways. So, those are, well, yeah, then there's the other guy, Marty. The stoner. The stoner. Marty the stoner. Whose eyes were, like, always half open until he saw the zombies. And then they're fucking wide open. <laughs> <laughs> they, they stayed that way for the rest of the fucking movie. He was woke so those were the guys in the group then there were only two women in the group and one was jules who was the best friend of the main girl oh Dana. yeah the one jules who like had recently dyed her hair blonde apparently like she first appears blonde i just dyed it what do you think girl that looks natural on you Let, <laughs> let's not lie come on and then dana the main girl who's, you know... The one, if you take off your glasses and your ponytail, you'll be beautiful? Right. That innocent-seeming one. Although not so innocent, which I don't remember if we'll get to later, but we'll, 
it starts out with her obsessing over the professor that she had an affair with and is like a getting over with. Well, yeah. <laughs> True. She's in college. She's in they're college. They're consenting adults. It's a little <laughs> weird still to me, but they're consenting adults. <laughs> no, it's it's weird to me too. But, you know, not as innocent as she seems, but Yeah. yeah. So I thought I'd mention some of the effects, I guess, that they used in this 2012 movie. You know, at the time, they probably seemed really cool. Probably really cheesy (laughs) now. They were cool, okay. I I mean... (laughs) Well, I want to start out with the sound because there was just only one thing that stuck out to me the most. It was hard to find anything sound-wise for this one. Was basically the jump scare music. And by that, I mean the intro of the title. Oh yeah, that was so weird. Right? Like, the two uh, old guys who were talking and whatnot, they just, like, finish a conversation, and all of a sudden the title comes out, BAM! And, like, a weird, loud, percussive sound happens at the same time, you know, with big, bold red letters, and, you know, it's like, oh, oh okay, I did not expect that yeah, sound at all. Yeah, it out of nowhere. Like, we were all just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it was a very abrupt start, and I, I just feel like that was kind of a... A little cheap shot, like, oh, let's try to scare them this way because we couldn't scare them many other good ways throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, <laughs> not that I had expectations <laughs> or anything. Um, and then, I, did you have any other sound effects? To be like, quite honest, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be dead ass honest with you. I don't remember much of the movie. Like that's how forgettable <laughs> it was. And I feel bad saying that because, like. It was a suggestion to watch because the previews looked good and like there were some good parts, some quality comedy too. Oh yeah. But but like overall as a movie, it just wasn't my favorite. Nah, same same with me. So yeah. no, I don't have anything to add. No. <laughs> yes, you are right. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, the visual aspects, they definitely weren't so bad. Uh, one thing that I really liked the most that stuck out to me was um when Marty was outside of the house and he was looking out at the sky, he, I think he was noticing, oh, there's no stars out here. There would be stars or something like that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're in a place that has, like, invisible electronic... Yeah, some type of, like, or... Wakanda shield. <laughs> Wakanda shield. Exactly. So, you know, as he's, he's in, in, out in the open and just noticing the sky... Behind Marty, you see the zombie of the the little girl named Ann Patience, like, kind of emerging from behind him, but, like, from far away. She's, like, emerging from these uh, shadows Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you see. Very, very short glimpse. And then disappears into another shadow as she walks forward. Yeah. Like, I was like, ooh. Now... When is she coming back? When am I going to see her again? <laughs> yeah, because you're expecting her to be continuously moving forward, and you're just like, oh my god, she's going to be closer. Right, and I don't think I like heard any closer footsteps or mm. anything like that to indicate her coming, but I, I thought that was at least really good. Um, and then, of course, there was the expanding view of all of the locked monsters and those cubicles that you mentioned, Jenny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was like... A huge monster reveal. Usually there's just like one monster reveal like in a movie, but they just showed like hundreds. Okay, I just had a memory, in case you couldn't tell from my face. I just (laughs) had a vague memory of Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh my god. When they're taking Ginormica to... (laughs) They're showing her around the monster's place. And it looks like that. It's like an elevator that moves every which way. And there's just a bunch of cubicles with weird ass things in them. You're right. Oh, so that was like a G-rated version. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was a great movie, by the way. Highly recommend it. Monsters vs. Aliens? Hell yeah. You know how many times I watched that movie, like, in one <laughs> summer? It was I always great. just remember, Fresno. <laughs> Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just the way she says it is so funny. Oh, so great. Um, yeah, so the expanded view of all of the locked monsters... Uh, and as you see that whole view, and I think was it, it was JR that pointed it out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where many of the monsters were basically based off of monsters from other horror movies, such as you saw the twins right there in front 
from The Shining, and yeah. you saw the laughing clown from but it. Was it. Like, yeah, but it was like Aldi brands. <laughs> it was Aldi brand. Oh my god! It was seriously? the Aldi brand version. Like that clown was like Wise Penny. Wise Penny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, was. <laughs> Penny was <laughs> dime wise. Um, <laughs> dime stupid. Okay, stop. <laughs> We could go on forever. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a werewolf. Um, yeah. The guy from uh, Hellraiser. Kind of. Oh, uh, Pinhead. Yeah, yeah. Pinhead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nail face. Nail Taser face. face. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Marvel, if you guys don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy. Another good one. But back to this one. So, yeah, they, the way that they showed, like, all these monsters and had some little references, uh, I don't know if that was on purpose of the director to kind of, you know, I guess pay sort of homage to those influences, but I thought that was pretty cool to show. Yeah. Paco's um, scratching his bed, and I feel like he does that every single time we record. Oh, he knows. He just knows. Isn't that right, Paco? Podcast pup. Podcast pup. <laughs> Um, for visual effect, um, I want to talk about the forest field a little bit more because, like, it had, like, this honeycomb shape, and, like, we saw it when a bird was flying. When they first passed the tunnel, we saw it when there was a bird flying towards it. Yeah, and suddenly it just disintegrated like a fly going into a light. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, my coworker Joe has this, uh, one of those, like, tennis racket looking fly swatters, but that has the electricity. Oh. <laughs> oh no! And then sometimes they keep flying, so it's like. <laughs> oh, oh no. That was some fly death ASMR for you guys. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, yeah, that was that was interesting because like they showed us in the beginning, they literally showed us that force field and what happened when something flew through it. Oh yeah. And then I didn't remember for when Thor decided to try to jump the bridge. Oh. That like, was... if I did, I would have been like, oh my god, don't do that. But I didn't. I completely forgot until he just splat. <laughs> and then just kept going, blah, 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 down the side of the oh, forest field. Kept bouncing like a skipping stone on water. Like, just kept going down and down. <laughs> um, I, I, I knew it was coming. So, like, even with all that triumphant music going on and him saying, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll come right back. And... Like, usually, I guess a sort of, I guess this is a usual theme, I guess, for, um, like, a jock character, they usually try to fight off the killer or monster or whatever, and they think they're coming off the top, and then they get a cheap shot and end up dying by the killer or whatever. But this time, he, he just flew straight into a force field and, and just died yeah. on impact. <laughs> Like birds that fly into the window. Oh my god. <laughs> like stupid. It was just unfortunate. It was stupid. This leaves another random, randomly opened question for the movie people. Ah, shit. For the director, like, they're gonna cave in the tunnel. Okay, but then they didn't. But if they had, how are they gonna repeat the experiment? Do they, like, clear out the tunnel every time? Yeah, I felt that was like a... Like, desperate times sort of thing. Like, what do you mean? Because they were, they found a way out, like, like to try to escape, get out of the whole place. And they're like, no, no, they're, they're actually trying to leave. They're not, they can't do that. All right, well, I guess we have to do this. We have to close out no, the tunnels. No, because they said that they were supposed to in the beginning. There was supposed to be a cave in. He's like, oh. why isn't it caved in yet? It was like, once they got in, it was supposed to cave in, so they had no way out. Oh. Do you think there was, like, a not destructive way of, like, caving in? Like, because... Well, they got a fancy-ass fourth field. Fourth field? Fourth field. They got a fancy-ass fourth field. Yeah. They could have just, like, made a door or something. Come on, guys. Right? Come Seriously. on. Seriously. <laughs> you caving the tunnel, nah. <laughs> Secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Had to mention that. But, yeah, I mean... Those are all of the notables I have for the effects. Um, let me see. They're alright, but... No, yeah, I got mm. nothing. <laughs> you know what I wish they would have done more, which I don't know if it counts as an effect. Mm. 
um, you're going to mention it later, but that one-way mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. feel like they could have done more with that. That's what made me think that it was going to be um, like an intruder-type horror movie. Oh, yeah. Like they're being stalked by, which they were, stalked by a family that was, you know. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so then, for this movie, there were some little common themes that I've seen from other movies that they maintained in this one. And the first one, like I said, J.R. pointed out, or no, actually, I don't think I said it before, but J.R. pointed this out, <laughs> that <laughs> they had uh, the same common casting as other scary movies, particularly slashers, where it involves a jock, a slut, a stoner, final girl, or an innocent girl, as we should probably say, and a person of color. Just, just one. Covering all the bases. Pretty much, but yeah. But no gays. No. Not yet. This is 2012. <laughs> Apparently that's not part of their formula. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was uh, definitely obvious with all of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another theme they kept was what we talked about in the boozy bonus, actually, where all deaths are confirmed, are visually confirmed. Yeah, we have to see them die to know that they're for sure dead. Right. And so they, um, actually, no, they, they kind of broke this rule. Um, Marty, well, yeah, Marty, we thought he was dead. I honestly forgot how he died initially, quote unquote. But he came back to rescue Dana from that bear trap guy. He was stabbed in the back with a machete and then dragged by his feet away, but he was still screaming when he was being dragged away. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they, they didn't, like, show him actually stop breathing and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So, he came back to rescue Dana from the bear trap guy. That That's just what I'm going to call him from now on. Um, and then, literally at the very end, Marty and Dana's deaths weren't shown, obviously, because the end of the world was happening. Yeah. So, it was, like, <laughs> easily assumed that everyone in the world was just dead. dead. <laughs> so there's that but then there's a shit ton of other themes that i came across from other movies that they pretty much just changed it up and i i like that i like how they gave more variety in this compared to other horror movies that i've seen uh so first thing of course as i mentioned before the title intro usually it would appear like slowly eerily with a creepy looking background Mm -hmm. some slow moving music but this one it just has red letters just bold in your face in (laughs) front of like the two old men that are talking and then a like a jump scare noise yeah and scene to whatever the fuck dana was doing in her underwear um what was she she was she was looking at she's like oh my god this book Oh, the like the pictures was it pictures? No, it was even... um, it was something written for the teacher. I don't even know. To be honest, it probably doesn't matter because she's dead. <laughs> yeah, everybody's dead. Um, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Everyone dies. So then, another theme that I would come across is, you know, little peeping toms. You know, in the old school scary movies, typically slasher films, they gotta have titties. Right. (laughs) I was trying to do it all clean, and you just, bam. I mean, am I wrong? Nope. Like, it would be a girl taking a shower or something, and then, like, there'd be some guys, like, peeping through a window, like, oh, my God, I'm going to see some tits. Um, And usually those boys, I don't know why I put men, those boys, Usually peeving on women, undressing, it like leads to their death and shit like that. But in this case, when Holden was checking out his room in the cabin and he comes across the mirror, or well, the the window, I I guess, the, what is that, a two-way mirror? Is that what they call it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and he sees Dana like, you know, checking on her teeth and then she's about to, you know, unbutton her shirt for what though like she just got there what are you doing right she didn't even grab any clothes from her suitcase you know that 
she would change into or something. No, she, she was just, just going to unbutton and I, I don't know. Maybe she wanted to look at herself in the mirror. I don't know. <laughs> Probably walk, get it, Dana. Get it, Dana. But yeah, like he was almost curious to what was happening. Then he was just like, ah, no, I can't do this. And he's like, hold up and knocks on, on the wall. Yeah, what a sweetie. Yeah, he was, you know, being a gentleman. And honestly, throughout the whole, well, throughout his whole time being alive in the movie, he was being a gentleman to Dana. So that was, that was very, very nice. And although Dr. Avery in Grey's Anatomy starts off as a jerk, he too ah. gets a heart. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> now, is that, is that literally because hospital stuff or is that because he, he, he gets a heart and becomes sensitive. I think he falls in love or some shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I take with things his, literally. With his um, stepsister. Huh? <laughs> oh, well. It's complicated because, like, his mom is dating his wife's biological dad who was adopted to... I don't know, man. Wait, so is was it a current stepsister or ex? Because if it's X, then it's like clueless, then that's okay. It was like, they're not related. Their parents are dating. They're adults now. Hmm. And they fall in love. Hmm. And they both have a little lisp, which I, hmm. I just thought about this, this show. I mean, this episode's not about Grey's Anatomy, but I just want to say, hmm. I really love Maggie's little lisp. I love watching her talk. It's the cutest. Uh. Okay, this is not about that, though. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Okay, so back to Peeping Toms. But after Holden's being a gentleman, and, you know, after everyone examines the one-way mirror, th- or, sorry, two-way mirror, whatever, the thing that you see through. The thing we check for in hotels. Right. <laughs> then, after Dana knows, then she looks at Holden on the other side and checks oh. him out getting, wait, was he getting undressed? Yeah. So like, I'm like, wait, what? I, I, I'm confused. <laughs> So then, like, they reverse the gender roles. I'm just like, girl, don't act like the guy right now in the situation. She covered it up, though. She did the exact same thing that he did. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. I'll give her that. <laughs> so, that was a very interesting theme. Uh, so, on to the next one. With the... I titled it Crazy Old Man. Because okay. we always... There's always one just crazy old guy who usually either oh yeah right <gasps> you're right they're always like the end of the world is near yeah and like everyone's like okay right. sure guy. <laughs> either yelling like you know it's the end the end is near or yells like get out do you want to die uh things like that um and sometimes in the end that crazy old guy becomes the unsuspecting hero can we just say crazy old white guy because it usually uh... is not gonna lie Yes, crazy old white guy. That That's crazy old straight white guy. Crazy old straight white guy. Yes, absolutely. And he had confederate flags on his window. Oh, I'm surprised I did not notice that. Ugh, yeah, which is why I was like, Avery, wait, shit, what's his name? Holden. Holden, Holden what are you doing? <laughs> when he walked in there alone, like, did he see the flags? Gay. Oh, God. Damn, he's been living with the white half of his side for too long. <laughs> but yeah, the this crazy old man at the abandoned looking gas station turns out to be delivering basically college kids to these people sending them out to the cabin and then he's he's what he's saying these uh verses or something he he's speaking in this way that's like oh, oh yeah uh you have to make this sacrifice uh or i, I forgot what what he said about them but he he was the one with the poets of vanquish the dog yeah. that approaches he will return tonight. Oh, that was good. <laughs> That's oh fuck. We made a Harry Potter reference in one episode. <laughs> Take a shot. There we go. Um, so yeah, crazy old man. He works with the bad guys, and uh, then we never hear hear from him again. A little bit. Like they kind of mention. Well, we don't hear from him besides when he calls, but they kind of <sighs> mention how he's there. It it feels like it's he like oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop recording late night. Yes. It's like nine o'clock and I'm over here like, it's late night. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. <laughs> they did mention that Crazy Old Man was there to, it felt like he was there to justify the 
the sacrifice. Oh, oh, Because they okay. had, like, a choice to turn around, and they didn't, so... Yeah. It probably made the scientist guys feel better that, like, this was the, upon their own volition. Like, they went into this cabin knowing very well that this man gave them a warning. Oh, okay. I can so, like, see So, like, he that. had a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. But, yeah. So, there's crazy old man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, next theme was, uh, I titled it Camp Horror, where mm-hmm. usually... It, they would have a slasher villain, or it would be by disease. Cabin fever. Look it up. Um, but in this case, the enemy was that command center controlling all those monsters, and it's it's very odd. And they were, like, underneath them. Yeah. They were underground or something, and it was just... I, 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 I wonder how they get to work. Where are their cars? Like- <gasps> Where do they park, you know? The other side of the mountain. Oh. I don't know. Probably... <laughs> I'm making things up. But it really does feel like it was a, a play on slasher, camp horror movies. Mm-hmm. Getting like away they... from like getting away from the uh, typical 80s slasher. Yeah, they wanted to make it more modern, and that's what the cubicles kind of felt like. Like, let me shove it in your face that this is modern day. Oh, we yeah. have technology. <laughs> that's a SpongeBob reference. I love Spongebob. Um, So then another theme uh, I called decisions, where usually people just make their dumb decisions on their own. If you want to run the fuck upstairs and get yourself slashed instead of outside the door, then go go upstairs. It's fine. Um, But you know, the characters in this movie, they were actually making some smart decisions in a way. Yeah. Um, Most of them. (laughs) Like, uh, for example, when um, Kurt, Thor, <laughs> Kurt was uh, saying, oh, we all have to stick together and get oh, out yeah, of here or whatever. He but then they released, like, a, a gas yeah, for him or something. Yeah, that also open-ended fucking... Yeah, like, how do they have these different types of gas that make them make, like, these opposite decisions from what they made before? Like... Yeah, they didn't even explain what kind of gas it was. It was just like... <sighs> In right. his face, and all of a sudden, he's like, actually, we should split up. Yeah, exactly. And, and fucking hold it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll cover more ground. <laughs> like, stupid, <No>. stupid. <laughs> and then the another one of the gases was what they called pheromone gas. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because at first, Jules was, you know, like, I'm, I'm cold. Tea, you know, when, it's too cold. When they were about to get it on out in the forest, she's like, nah. But then she walks into an area where they magically spread out this pheromone gas, and all of a sudden she's horny. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Teehee, it's too cold. And then the people in the office, oh, raise the temperature. <sighs> Teehee, it's too dark. <laughs> oh and then God. they're like, turn on the light. <laughs> Teehee, not here. Gas. <laughs> but, like, it sucks because this enemy, like, forced... Her to break rule number one. No sex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, technically they didn't break it yet. Like, they were about to do it until the girl's hand was stabbed through in the ground. <laughs> Which, by the way, ow. Yeah. Like, I almost got arthritis, people. Like, I don't need to be seeing that and getting that pain right away. <laughs> so, decisions. They didn't exactly have their own at this point. Mm-mm. So, that, that was interesting. From the moment their decision was made in the basement, mm. oh then, yeah, yeah, then they like lost all choices. Yeah, uh, for real. And then another one, a classic, no drugs, and of course, you know who I'm talking about here, Marty. <laughs> you know the guy who arrived with the fucking bong, thermos, yeah, the thermos bong. <laughs> Pretty much, he was like high all the time, like twenty four seven. And then we learn until the very end from one of the doctors, she said that he was basically getting high and whatever it was he was getting high off of was helping him be immune from the gases that they were trying to emit toward yeah, him. Yeah. So I just thought, holy shit, that changed up that role so much. Mm-hmm. The drugs helped him stay alive for, well, as long as possible till the very end. So I, I thought that was really cool. I really liked that 
change a lot. <laughs> yeah. And now that like we're looking at all these themes, it kind of feels like the writers of this movie sat in a circle and said, okay, we're making a slasher and it's a cabin and it's in the woods. What mm. are the common things we got to hit? Right. We got to hit drugs. We got to hit titties. We got to hit um, crazy old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they just kind of tried to hit all those bases within the movie, which made it seem a little sporadic and spread out in a way. In a way, yeah, but I like where you're getting with that because it kind of gets into my little theory here that I want to get to. So when you mentioned about, you know, people sitting in a circle together and oh, yeah. going over this, the ideas, to me, I don't know the work history of these producers, but it felt like they were secretly Scream fans. Yeah, right. Wait, and Scream specifically? Yes. Because it gave me Friday the 13th, too. Oh, yes, that too. La slasher fans. Slasher fans. Yeah. And they just said, one guy just stood up and said, I have an idea. <laughs> what if we took the typical tropes of a trashy 80, 80s slasher film and gave it a mission and turn it into a big, a bigger story? And it's like, okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like these these tropes of horror movie survival were used as a basis for this storyline or for the main goal of that command center place yeah. to to save the world. They they created this ancient ritual mission, basically, like, oh, we have to gather these typical kids that would stay in a log cabin like they would and Friday the 13th and spill their blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if that was their intent, but that's what came off to me. Mm -hmm. Like, breaking the horror rules were the key elements that they needed in order to save the world. It's like, it's, it's weird, right? Because That's weird. Because <laughs> they can't just sacrifice anyone. They can't just have any group of people. Like, they, they had a specific criteria mm -hmm. based off of old school horror movies. Seriously. I was like... Because they didn't oh. explain that ritual at all. They were just like, yep, this is the way it is. They just threw Sig Sigourney Weaver in there. Yeah, just out of nowhere. And, like, give a, you know, a, a museum exhibit presentation... Of she the stuff. Um, <laughs> shoot, I don't remember the movie. Oh no, a, a movie that she was in. Oh, Divergent. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Was she in that? I don't think so. No, but like it was like the same thing where when they get to the end and they were like, "This is a command center. This is the way it needs to be." Right. There's no other way. Do you understand now? Like she's supposed to be like this calming voice at the end that tells you like we all have to die. <laughs> <laughs> And you're just like, no, bitch. Like, she's trying to word it in a way that they're doing this for the greater good. And, I mean, I guess in a weird way it was, mm -hmm. considering how things ended off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, then they show those giant stone symbols representing each one yeah, as if they were like... <laughs> as as if each one was a special species. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Sigourney Weaver presenting the jock. <laughs> and then presenting the whore. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, as if they needed, like, as if each of them had special powers or something. And then they point, she points at uh, Dana and the virgin. She looks like the virgin. She's like, the closest that we can get. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Like, the closest we can get. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I again, I don't know if that was specifically their intent to, you know, rely on older movies to sort of have that criteria. But the fact that they had this criteria and explained it all in the end of the movie, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that would make sense if that were the case. I feel like those labels, though, have been a thing for a lot of movies, not just horror. Because if you think even about The Breakfast Club, oh. The Princess, <gasps> The Jock, The Brains, The Basket Case. Can you imagine? The missing one. 
Criminal. Oh, The Criminal. Oh, that's a good one. Can you imagine The Breakfast Club being in this movie? <laughs> that would be pretty odd. Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was. it's just like uh, clicks that people just oh. tend to fall into, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's odd. But I'm like I mean, sitting here trying to think, like, where would I fit in? <laughs> I never thought about where I'd fit in. Like, I'm not sporty. I'm not booby. I fucking hate <laughs> books now. Oh my god. I don't smoke. What's the last one? Uh, the the basket case. Oh no, I was talking about with these people though. <laughs> oh no. <sighs> so wait, there was the high one, the sporty one. <laughs> Um, what was Holden? What was Holden? He was a place Holden. He was a place holder. Uh, <laughs> he was holding the place. Uh, uh, holding that last. I gotta stop. Okay. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all night. <laughs> a... So yeah, I mean, not that big of a theory, but it just kept swimming in my mind, and I just yeah. had to let that out. So. There's that. So I want to talk about Dana, of course, and the final girl status, as I like to call it. Final girl syndrome. Final girl syndrome. There we go. Final girl disorder. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm just being funny. I'm being funny. (laughs) Laugh at my jokes. Oh my God. So final girl status, (laughs) the usual qualities we know of, and I listed them down at least what I came up with. One was... No sexual drama. Mm-hmm. Two, uses her environment. Any mm-hmm. possible weapons around her. Uh, three, uh, thinking about her own survival. Mm-hmm. Not like, especially when she is on her own. Um, number four is that she finds her defense weapon, like a signature weapon. Mm-hmm. And five is aware of her surroundings. Yeah. And so. I want to I want to go by each step with Dana to kind of see how she is at in this movie. Yeah. Cuz I don't really feel like she's that much of a final girl to me. Yeah. Uh so number Starting 1 Starting with her not being a virgin. Right. The no sexual drama, not being a virgin for one thing, and then having that relationship with a married professor for another. He was married? Yeah, he was oh, married. Oh, no. That's how, like, oh, things didn't work so out. it was an affair. I thought it was just a relationship. Yeah. Damn. And Jules was talking about, like, oh, you know, he and how he has a family and he dumped you and whatnot. She's like, I knew what I was getting into. I was like, oh. Okay, ladies and lady identifying. Let me tell you something. If a married man says that he'll promise you the world, he's already married. He probably told that bitch the same thing. Why do you trust him? Exactly. <laughs> That's just a little side note. There you go. Um, so then number two, uh, use of environment. For Well, I'll admit, she, when she released all of the monsters, when her and uh, Marty were stuck in that, um, that oh, control yeah. room mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, and the gunmen were coming down on them, and she's yeah. like, Okay, I'm gonna have to press that big red button, and like lets out like each wave of monsters that come in at them. That was a, a good use, um, I'll admit. And then she found something to stab that bear trap guy when she was oh, helping yeah. Holden, which I was surprised because usually final girls don't get all stabby until the end of the movie. Yeah, and, and this was like while. Three out of five people were still alive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in like the first thirty minutes of the film, but yeah, she had those crazy eyes. She she kind of did. Didn't she, she like got stabby stabby stabby, and then later on she has crazy eyes when um when she's with Marty, I think. Oh, and he's like get it together or something. I don't remember what's happening. Or who is it? Oh, Holden. Oh, it's Holden. Oh, when she's in the van, it's when she's in the van, and it's just her and Holden, and they're trying to drive away. Yeah, she's like Marty was right, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And she got her crazy eyes on. <laughs> yeah, she just has crazy eyes. But that okay. Sorry, continue. No, that's okay. Um, so yeah, she she did make use of her environment, and that was really cool. Um, so then step three was about thinking of her own survival. And 
she did have the gun pointed at Marty at the end after Sigourney Weaver gave her spiel about the world ending if they didn't make their sacrifices in time to the earth gods, apparently. Um, She said that she had thought about shooting Marty, but obviously didn't because she was attacked by a werewolf in the back. (laughs) Yes, guys, you heard that right, a werewolf. Yes. We're not making this up, we're not pulling this out of left field. She was attacked by a werewolf when she was about to shoot the stoner to save the world. Right, and and that's another thing. She, she got attacked by one out of hundreds of monsters that somehow found the place that they went to, not the others, and and she was open. She, she got attacked, but like... Even after that, after she had survived, her and Marty, they just sit at the stairs together like, hey, what's up? Just having casual conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she says, like, I had, I had thought about shooting you, but I just knew I wasn't going to do it. So like, sure. she, I'm like, you, you got to choose. Were you thinking about it or were you not? Like, that, <laughs> that, see, she wasn't decisive. She wasn't like, concrete about what she was going to do in surviving. And that was her flaw. So, then, number four, defense weapon. Signature weapon. She didn't really have one. She just had the gun and pushed a big red button. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise... She did get stabby with that one guy. she, She did, yeah. Otherwise, she was just getting rescued left and right by Marty the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then... Number five, being aware of her surroundings. Again, she got attacked by that werewolf. So, and, and she got attacked by more than one uh, more than one monster, the bear trap guy. Yeah. Uh, on the dock, which, by the way, <sighs> it was so stupid because while she was getting attacked by the bear trap guy in the command center, whatever, they were all having a party celebrating because they assumed that she had already died. <laughs> By the bear trap guy, but like they're too busy getting their asses drunk. No, they drunk. didn't assume. It didn't matter if she died. Oh, right, right, right. So okay. They were like, ooh, we killed all of them. Doesn't uh, matter if this bitch dies. Oh, you're absolutely right. Which is kind of right. comedic because it was like in the background. She was just getting thrown around like a fucking Barbie. Right, exactly. And everybody <laughs> else just died quick while she's just still getting thrown around like a rag doll. Um, I think it's a vine where she's like, oh no, she did. We know it. No, which one is the one what was it? Give me your fucking money! Oh, dun dun. <laughs> that was a vine. <laughs> no, yeah, that that was basically Dana as the doll. <laughs> and then, this girl has had, like, no luck with this bear trap guy. Because when, what was it? When Kurt got back after he saw uh, Jules die, they were like, where, where's Jules? Where is she? And he, he says she's gone. Dana didn't take the fucking hint. She just, like, assumed that she was just lost in the woods. Oh, yeah. And so she's like, I'm, I'm not leaving anywhere until I find Jules. <laughs> Did he fucking stun her? She's gone! She And then she opens the door wide open. Yeah. And lets Bear Trap Guy in. And then he tosses her Jules' head. There you go. Found her. You happy? Like, oh my god, how stupid can you get? Very. Yeah. So, bottom line, Dana, not final girl material. (laughs) And if she was a badly CGI hand of a god would not have come roaring up from the grounds in the earth and just slam and then create a blackout. The end. really mad about Dana. I feel like you're really protective of your final girls because of all the final girls in other movies. <laughs> I mean, they they set pretty high standards, I'll admit. <laughs> and she just did not fulfill them to me. Nope. <laughs> so, I don't, what what did you think of Dana in in this uh, overall? <sighs> it kind of mm, I don't know. <laughs> it kind of felt it from the beginning when it's the movie technically starts with her mm-hmm. and, and it's like yes this is the final girl like they basically line it up for you they like showed in your face practically like she's a book nerd she wants to stay celibate she wants you know I don't know yeah hugs only kind of just 
rubs she it in your face. She looks plain Jane. She has innocent eyes. Like, oh yeah. They really like spoon fed you. Like this is gonna be your final girl, okay? <laughs> and it just felt a little forced. And then, like you said, she really wasn't, and she ended up not being, considering the very vague ending of the of the movie where the world ends. Yeah. Honestly, I just could do without the CGI hand. Just towering over the forest. Yeah, but that's also oh. probably the creators being, again, like, we have technology. <laughs> yeah, probably. They, they just had to do something different instead of... Like, look what I made. Oh, cool, put it in the movie. <laughs> like, what I probably would have thought would would be a better ending was just to not have the hand at all. Just do a pan out of... um, What are the names? Marty and Dana just sitting on, on the steps kind of holding their hands, you know, in preparation for this thing. And then as the whole thing is panned out, then blackout, and then the sound effects of, like, falling earth, concrete, whatever you, you want to call it. it. That's how you would have ended it? Yeah. It just seemed just slightly more realistic compared to the, the earth god's hand. Just You know what out. I would have liked... <laughs> when she's pointing the gun at Marty and she's about to shoot him for the greater good of course um, and she gets attacked by the werewolf what if Marty survived and turned to Sigourney and said I'm a virgin does that count? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, two birds one stone right? Like, <laughs> um, but also I'm mad kind of that Sigourney Weaver just died like that after she had been you know clearly running this whole show, surviving this whole thing, you know, serving these gods. Yeah. Coming out in this nice, you know, dress suit and... Uh, um, shoot, Kamala Harris outfit. Yes! <laughs> oh my god, yes. And, you know, just owning it. And, you know, she she's a final girl too. Technically. Yeah, well, yeah, she was a, a living legend. And then the fact that they killed her off with... How, how does she die again? What, an axe to the head or something? I forget. Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, well, her and the werewolf, they felt... Or no, it was uh, Anne Patience. Uh, her Oh, yeah, the little axe. girl, yeah. Yeah, it, it went... Doom, right on her head. and Bonk. Yeah, and they kicked her, her and Sigourney over the edge. I mean, yeah, Sigourney was supposed to be a bad guy in this, but, like, how are you going to give, like, a legendary actress, like, how a small role like that? I don't understand. The first time I ever heard Sigourney oh. Weaver's name was in Finding Dory. <laughs> That's the first time I ever heard this lady's name. Hi, I'm Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know who that is, but apparently it's supposed to be iconic because it's Sigourney Weaver. It's... She's, like, um, at the same level as Jamie Lee Curtis, as I've heard. But uh, just look her up on IMDb, her filmography. She's been in a lot of movies. <laughs> that I probably haven't seen, because for Jamie Lee Curtis, I've only seen Confessions of... Not that one, that was Lindsay Lohan. No, uh, Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. <laughs> I was just like, Lindsay Lohan. Yep, Confessions of a Teenage Jockey. <laughs> no, the other one. Um, yeah, no, that you, you're, you're good. Maybe I need to watch more movies. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, okay. So, I we didn't talk much about the monsters other than, you know, comparing them to other movies and calling them all the versions. Did you have a favorite? Monster? Yeah. Nah. The giant mm -hmm. snake, maybe? Those still out there. Oh, God. <laughs> Slithering through the halls. Popping people's heads off. Ooh. Oh, my God. I like the Like unicorn. a go-gurt. Oh. Like you squish the bottom on the top. <sighs> Gross. You're welcome. I like the unicorn. Oh, no! The unicorn People just came always so say the unicorns are evil. Just came in so gracefully and then just stabs a guy with its horn. And then you just hear some twinkling music as it <laughs> runs off. I'm just like, oh, that was cute. <laughs> well, what I also liked was, um, I think it, there was like a group of people, not going to assume women, who had these masks on, they, they seemed like arsonists. They were just setting people on fire, tying them up, and what it was nice. kind of like the purge. 
Yeah, maybe that's what they're referencing. Probably. The masks on and everything. <laughs> Which I've never seen the first one. I would stick to the first one. I've seen the American Horror Story version. It's alright. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those would probably be my favorites out of the monsters there just because. Before we go there, I have another topic to add. Yeah. The people in the command center, and they mm. had that one new guy, the newbie that they were showing the ropes to. Oh, yeah. I forgot that, about him. <laughs> once again, felt like, let's just stick something in the movie that has to do with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was I, it, it was probably something they needed just to add more time, because they probably realized the movie was too short. Oh, probably. Because then, like... Everybody in that command center died in the end anyways. True. But <laughs> but it was funny that we had just finished watching Squid Game. And then, <laughs> and then this one happened and they were like sacrificing these people. And everyone was betting on who was going to like... Oh. Oh, they were betting on who was going to... Uh, what they oh. were going to summon. Like which of the ancients they were going to summon. But oh, it was yeah. just funny how like... It, it, it crosses so many movies, this theme that like... Money is greater than human life. Ah, uh, yes. Oh my and, god. And even though it was like such a tiny part of this movie, I feel like just by having that there and then having the newbie guy be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, doesn't they seem a little off? Yeah. Just like by having that there and then having Squid Game fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. It showed other perspectives other than the ones running for their lives. Yeah. That That's a good point to add because... I'll, I'll admit, that was a nice little refresher. You know, a nice different perspective to see. I mean, that new guy that they added, he was an okay character. I mean, nothing good, nothing bad. Yeah, same with like, the two main dudes. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. And they seemed kind of like the, um, the, the crazy old man who called a little bit too, because after Jules had gotten killed by uh, one of the what was it called a redneck zombie I, I don't remember what it was called but after she had gotten killed they were both kind of saying a sort of prayer like for her spirit to pass through or something yeah. I, I think but the fact that they were taking that rather seriously and not just being like oh good that bitch is dead whatever kind of seriously yeah yeah it was weird it was a weird combination of like we're desensitized to this it's fine but also like Respect. Yeah. To the dead. Seriously. It, yeah, no, that that was interesting. That was probably selfish to, like, save their own souls from eternal damnation or whatever. Honestly, though, probably. But, yeah, I, I'm glad I saw this movie. I mean, I've always been curious about it just from the poster alone. Yeah, me too. The poster is really intriguing. And I feel like the movie was um, not like the poster. Same. I agree. It, it did not give that impression at all. The poster looks paranormal. Yeah. That's, again, that's what I was expecting. But, you know, I, again, it was it was a good concept, a, a good effort. And I'm glad that I saw this and got it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Even their, like, no offense, but even the Wikipedia page is just, like, kind of short. <laughs> Yow. I wonder what the scores they got were. Should I look it up? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm actually pretty curious, too. Yeah, I would just see... You just, see... like, look up Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Um, 7 out of 10. Wow. 92% of Rotten Tomatoes, 72% of Metacritic. I mean... And it's on Peacock. I mean, you know what? They kind of look like the mystery gang. Like you got Shaggy, um, fucking Velma, Daphne. What's the last guy's name? Fred. Fred. That's not okay. <laughs> All they needed was a dog. Yep. Oh my God! Rotten kids. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Now we're just googling the actors. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like we do after every every time we record. We're like, let's look at all these actors. Right. <laughs> so, I think that's it for this movie. I'm glad we got over that. Um, but, hey. So, thank you for listening. 
uh, to us on this and uh, go ahead, follow us on Twitter at Convos Room if you haven't already. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Cutting Room Convos. So go ahead and follow us, please. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and then, what else am I missing? If you have any requests, like this one was requested, thank you, JR. Then go ahead, let us know on any of those social media platforms, and we'll do it at some point. At some point. At some point. And we'll tell you how much it sucks, as I have mentioned before. Hui. So, that's it. Thank you again for joining us on Cutting Room Convos. I'm Yasmin. I'm Jenny. And I'll be right back. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, any donation would be much appreciated. Go to anchor.fm forward slash cutting room combos to send us all your money. Money, please! Cutting Room Combos was recorded at our home studio. All opinions are our own and we do not represent any companies mentioned. This episode was about the 2012 film The Cabin in the Woods, directed by Drew Goddard. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Combos Room. Hope you enjoyed! Listen, say these are the bloopers. These are the bloopers. Boop! Billy, you scared me! <laughs> you're trying to be quiet, but then the way that you're walking scared me too because you're trying to be quiet. Boop! That might be the case. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then. And then. Boop! Should I pause it anyway? For the next. Yeah. ¿Qué estás haciendo, Paquito? Te vas a caer, estúpido. Oh, Paco. <laughs> Damn, I wish I was recording that. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's great.